This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we celebrate 14 Bates team records falling at the NESCAC Men's Swimming and Diving Championships. Plus, senior Mia Roy broke a women's basketball record of her own, and it's time to spring ahead and take a look at the next season of Bates sports. Starting with baseball and lacrosse previews for you this week. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The women's basketball team is headed to the NESCAC semifinals for the first time since 2010 after an 87-75 win at Middlebury on Saturday. Senior Mia Roy broke the NESCAC tournament record for points in one game with a career-high 35. She was named the NESCAC Player of the Week and the Maine State Player of the Week as well for her performance, which also included a career-high six assists. Roy and head coach Allison Montgomery joined the Bobcast to recap the win. Yeah, so I mean, we all came back. We knew like we wanted revenge after that last game. And um, I think we all just like knew from the start that we needed to play well, play as a team, and we did, we did that. And for you personally, 35 points. It seems like uh, watching the game live, you're really using screens well to free yourself up for uh, three-pointers. Was that a point of emphasis in practice and stuff? I don't know. I kind of just felt like I had some open shots, and then they switched a long girl onto me, so those threes like weren't always there. So then I just tried to drive past her and hits a mid-range. And one thing that might go overlooked is you also had a career-high six assists in that game. What were you seeing on the court to find your teammates? I don't really know. I think once they started um, catching on to like me scoring, then I, it just made it even more prevalent that my team teammates were so open. So I could hit them for the one more, which is great to see. And, I mean, five three-pointers, obviously, in seven attempts. I mean, in looking at your career at Bates, where's this game, you know, rank in terms of how you were feeling out there on the court were you just you just feeling it (laughs) (laughs) um I mean that first quarter I I made a couple so I was like I might as well just keep shooting until until I miss one so (laughs) it worked out (laughs) let's bring in Allison Montgomery head coach here of the Bobcats as well to talk a little bit about this game because I think it's interesting dynamic as we touched on earlier playing at Middlebury and then playing at Middlebury just like the next very next game you play I mean from a coaching perspective does was it easier almost that you lost the previous game so you could make the right adjustments? <laughs> I know. I, it's a good question. I don't know what's easier or more challenging, but it certainly was a dynamic. I think it gave the team a lot of – I know they were really excited to play and they had a lot of confidence just feeling like we really underperformed in our first game. And certainly Mid- Middlebury is a really tough team and they present some unique challenges. But I also think our team just felt like they could really perform better than they did. So I do think that gave us – um, just a good um, perspective on it and a good confidence. Um, but there's certainly challenges and, and benefits, I think, to that scenario um, both ways. So. And the first quarter just flipped on its head, yeah. right, entirely. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting, just that fast start. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, we I guess we turned the page there in terms of wanting to take that back. And yeah, Mia was just really confident and, and hot. And um, so, yeah, it was it was a fun first quarter for sure. Yeah. And then Mia, they did start to crawl back into that game, though. They got to within, I think, five or six points in the second half. And so what was going through your mind to hold them off there? Um, honestly, like since the first quarter, I, I knew we had it. It was just kind of like they're a great team. They're going to make runs at us. But, um, I mean, we held the lead. So I, I was confident in our team. And now what are your thoughts on Trinity this weekend at Trinity um, this was almost a similar dynamic, right? The f- first time you played them was a slow start and then kind of outplayed them the rest of the way, though. Yeah, like Coach said, how we were really excited to play Middlebury. We're 
equally, if not more, excited to play Trinity. Um, I mean, like you said, it was the same start, and so we just we want to come out the same way we did against Mid. And then, Coach, what are your thoughts on Trinity coming up? Obviously, top C in the conference. Mm-hmm. Maybe not getting the respect in the national rankings right now, but still obviously a really strong team that you've, you've played before, and it was obviously a close game. Yeah, we're really excited. I mean, Mia just talked about it. I think it's been it's kind of a neat road um, to the championship just in terms of that first matchup being one that our team wanted to get revenge on in this one as well, just knowing again that um, Trinity's a very good team, as is every team in this conference, but we also felt like we didn't play our best basketball um, so, I mean, we're really excited and, you know, they have different dynamics that are challenging, but, um, we're excited to go back there and, and give them another go for sure. It seems like looking at the numbers, their calling card is defense, right? Yeah. They're a really good defensive team. Um, they have, I mean, they're, they're good at every position, but they have two posts that are, um, are really strong offensively for them. So, um, yeah, they're, they're a good defensive team. They have good size, good athleticism. So, um, they definitely play both ends of the ball really well. So. Yeah. And going back to the Millbury game real quick, even though it was a road game, Mia, I was watching it, the crowd was very much pro-Bates. There were a lot of Bates fans, weren't there? <laughs> yeah, no, it kind of felt like a neutral um, setting, honestly, because we had so many fans. I was shocked. Like, it was snowing that day. I, I, our fans are so dedicated. It was awesome to see. And I feel like you're probably going to have a lot of fans for the Trinity game, even maybe even more, right, because it's less isolated than Middlebury. Crossing my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's that like from your coach's perspective to see all that support? It's so fun. I just think there's been, um, yeah, I think families and friends and fans. We had some alum at the game, which is really, really special for me, I think, just at this point in our program to have some women there who um, really helped us build a foundation and to see us kind of get to this point where we're really competing um, for a championship. That was a really cool thing to see as well. So, yeah, we're hoping we can have um, some some equal enthusiasm in Hartford this weekend. <laughs> and then Mia just – as a senior, I mean, NESCAC semifinals, first time for the program, you know, since 2010, first time for you. I mean, what does that mean to you um, to see how this program has grown, even the short time that you've been here, relative to speaking, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I'm just so proud of how much our program has grown and where we've come from, started, and, like, look at us now. It's just, it's so exciting. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, to feel like, I mean, if you beat Trinity, you'd play either Tufts or Amherst, and... You know, only three teams have ever won the NESCAC title, right? Tufts, Amherst, and Bowdoin. I mean, are you thinking about that? Maybe Bates getting in there, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Tufts is the only team I haven't beaten in my mm-hmm. time here. So it would be a, a little extra sweet to beat them in the finals. But um, not not skipping steps. We still got right. Trinity and then whoever wins that game. So Certainly. And, Allison, take us back to I remember your playing career. It was always bates Bowden in that championship game, right? Bates used to be – they were in it four yeah. straight years. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's uh, – yeah, that was sort of the, the tradition, the bates Bowden championship. So – but I think it is really cool. Like, we've talked all year about turning the page and just um, pushing our program forward and having kind of a, a, a season of firsts, I think, in a lot of ways. And so – I definitely said that to the team after we beat Trinity. Like, you know, I think I said to them, like, what were you guys doing in 2010? So last time that Bates won a um, quarterfinal game, they were, I don't know, playing peewee hoops somewhere. But, um, yeah, I think we're, we're looking at it like we have a real opportunity this year. This is a really special group and exciting that we have an opportunity to kind of do that again in terms of make a statement and turn the page and put Bates back on the map in terms of women's basketball. So um, definitely motivating for me that only three teams in our conference mm-hmm. have – have won a championship so yeah me and what you were like what 10 years old then yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but then uh, what, any other thoughts you want to share about the game that we haven't got to talk about 
Um, no, I mean, I'm super proud of our team, super excited to see where we're about to head. So, And a championship record there, 35. No one's ever done that in the tournament. I mean, what does that mean to you? <laughs> I mean, I didn't even realize that. I know you put that on the um, Instagram post, but I didn't know that what that meant. And then my dad was like, you know that you did that? I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so that's exciting. <laughs> Great. And then, Allison, any other thoughts you wanted to share about Middlebury or about Trinity coming up, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I think Middlebury was really cool because obviously Mia had a really standout individual performance, of course, um, which was so awesome. But I think the other thing that was so cool, I mean, you mentioned her six assists, but we just had so many women playing really well, like making the right pass. We worked a ton all week on making the extra pass. Um, I think the first time we played Middlebury, their size kind of bothered us and we were forcing some shots against their size. So we talked about sharing the ball a lot. And I just think we really did that and everyone kind of did their job. And um, there was lots of moments in the game where every player kind of stepped up and, and made really big plays. So um, it was while Mia had 35 and had like a history making performance, which was so awesome. The cool thing is, um, you know, we definitely kind of needed everyone and everyone stepped up at the right moment. So I think we're just trying to ride that wave, like continue to have um, some, really cool senior performances like I really believe in senior power um and so we want to we want to continue that um but I think just continue that theme of having some some great performances but also putting it all together and everybody kind of playing their best basketball at the same time obviously that gives us the best chance to win so awesome next next semifinals Saturday in Hartford against Trinity Alison Montgomery Mia Roy thanks so much thanks Aaron the men's swimming and diving team placed fifth at the NESCAC Championships over the weekend. It was an historic weekend for Bates as 14 school records fell, with junior Nathan Berry even taking home a NESCAC title in the 50-yard backstroke. Senior Andrew Hall was part of five record-breaking performances, and he and Berry both qualified individually for the NCAA Championships. And Andrew Hall is our male Bobcat of the week. I mean, yeah, it was an awesome experience. It was pretty surreal, I guess. I knew we were going to have an awesome year. It was mostly juniors and seniors, and plus Mark in the 800 freestyle relay. So we've gotten really close over the past three years. And we've built that relationship, and that, and not only that, we've built the, the strong relay exchanges and being familiar of each other's strokes and how we're going to uh, launch off those blocks fast enough. And we're very comfortable with each other, I guess. And we're not afraid to perform our best in front of each other. And you kind of set the tone there, the 800 free on Thursday. I mean, how important was that to get off to the, such a good start? I love that relay. It's yeah. it's really exciting. The The first race of the, the meet, of a four-day meet, is really exciting. Testosterone is high. The The stands are getting loud, uh, which is awesome, too, that we were able to have spectators. Um, it, it's really exciting. Yeah, and having it a record broken first off we knew it was going to be a, an awesome meet certainly and then i know vanessa was sending me like photos of people on the podium and there was one relay shot where you couldn't be in it because you had to warm up for a different event so take us through like the schedule for you because it sounds pretty intense <laughs> yeah so i think that yeah friday night the the session ends the final session ends with the 400 medley relay so they won't do awards until the next final session and each final session starts with an event not with awards so we did the 200 medley relay was first on Saturday night, mm -hmm. and I was both on the 400 medley relay Friday night and the 200 medley relay Saturday night, and I had the 400 IM right after the 200 medley relay, but I, I had about 15 minutes of time to warm up, cool down, whatever I needed to do to prepare for that much longer race than a 50, 
I gave it to Jesse Hagee, the the podium <laughs> yeah. position, uh, because they do they did the awards for both the two hundred medley relay, the four hundred medley relay, and the two hundred medley relay right before mm. the four hundred IM. Did Jesse enjoy that experience? <laughs> I think he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the four hundred IM, yeah, that's that's a beast of a race, isn't it? Oh yeah, I'm, I always dread that every year. <laughs> as as good as I am in it, I do not like that event, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, you're going to NCAAs, we think, pretty much, right? 200 IM, at least, and then some some other events. So tell us about what makes a 200 IM maybe your best event, perhaps. Uh, I don't know if the 200 IM is my best event. The 400 IM is probably my best event. Even though you don't like it. Even though I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> um, but over the COVID year, I lifted a lot more and focused on strength. And distance, you can't have so much strength because you'll it's a different type of muscle. Mm muscle strength and and you just lose um endurance and stamina if you have more strength and the 200 im is definitely more strength oriented than the 400 im mm. and so that strength training really that paid yeah off. that strength i that strength training paid off for the 200 im definitely <laughs> and you have not been to NCAAs before what are you maybe most looking forward to i mean it sounds like you and nathan beer will be going we're hoping Maybe a relay will somehow sneak in here. We'll find out in a few uh, days, I guess. But um, what are you most looking forward to? I guess the bonding experience and swimming in this pool. They've had huge national meets there. D1 athletes, Olympians swim there. Um, I'm excited for that, too. And not really competing against NESCAC schools, but being a part of just the whole NESCAC against other D3 schools. I'm excited for that, too. Yeah, and unfortunately, we couldn't get more guys there. We are, we're sitting 17th, I think, for both the 200 medley and the 400 medley, um, which is really unfortunate. I was really bummed out for especially Peter and mm. Nate Sommer. Well, and yeah, so we'll find out if anyone drops out or anything. And that's crazy, though. Like, I was, like these are all program records, and relays have been before, but everyone's just so fast this year. Bates is fast, but I mean, I, I was looking at Williams. They were saying, like, NESCAC record. I mean, what a fast meet, right? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on how fast everyone got, I guess, over the COVID year uh, training? Yeah, I, it's, it's crazy how fast D3 got. I'm assuming, well, I know for a fact that Williams and Amherst had fifth years. Oh, yeah. So uh, a lot of people took off a semester last year and um, used that extra year of eligibility. So they have that full college experience, college training under their belt and uh, use that to their advantage. And it seemed like, I mean, Bates doesn't have any fifth years, but it seems like Bates obviously used it to your guys' advantage as well. I mean, take us through that COVID year, the training, and you, you touched on it earlier though, right? Building up the strength? Yeah, it was, it was really tough to get on a swimming schedule, mm -hmm. but I was more focused on building that strength and lifting. Do you feel like you're almost faster than you would have been if you had actually had a season? <laughs> I, I actually wonder that a lot. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Honestly, maybe, yeah. I guess, you know, Coach Casares on Monday, you guys all shaved his head because it's a tradition. If anyone, you know, breaks all the relay records, which the mates men did, and by the way, those are the 200 medley, the 400 medley, the 200 free, 400 free, and the 800 free. So all five. Um, he, he, it's, it's happened now three times at one meet, 2012, 2015, and now. Um, for, first of all, like, I mean – you know, for you, was that an expectation kind of coming in for the relay teams? Was that a goal? Were you looking at those records? We were looking at, yeah, of course, we look at the records yeah. before we go to NESCACs to uh, to make sure we have a goal. Mm -hmm. But 
before we stepped out of the bus, um, before the first session, Peter told us that if we break all five relay records, we get to shave his head. And he's never told us that before. He's never told you that before. Okay. So I, I assumed, I, I, I had my suspicions, I guess, that he, uh, he knew we, this team was the team to do that. Mm. We, we were really good this year. All year we've been going, we've been get, actually getting close to records, even untapered. Right. Um, so he knew it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about Ned's Cacks and what the meet was like? I know you were obviously very, very tired coming off it, but how are you feeling now? <laughs> I'm still a little tired. Yeah. I mean, the, sleep is always tough when you're thinking about all these races and, and the hotel beds aren't necessarily very comfortable. <laughs> but uh, last Nezcax is, always, is, is a crazy experience. It's awesome. Uh, it was actually really weird for me because I, I was expecting to go to nationals. I was expecting a relay to go to nationals. I actually didn't expect myself mm. to individually make it. I was expecting a relay to make it. Um, so the, and the 200 IM is the first day. That's the, the event that I got the invite in. Um, and I want I posted a fast time and I was like, wow, I'm actually going to continue swimming after this. And it, it's weird because the last Nezcax is usually the time when you're, you're like, wow, after 15, 16 years of swimming, I'm, I'm done after this meet, but I, I won't be done. Mm. Even though it was, it was my last Nezcax, I knew I wasn't going to be done with swimming, which was interesting. <laughs> uh, but Right when I stepped up for the last relay, the 400 free relay, I, it hit me all of a sudden. Right when I stepped up on that block, and I got this rush of adre- adrenaline, and I had my relay start and went my fastest split after a really tiring three days before that. I was feeling exhausted that day. I, was, I felt a cold coming on after just being doing the 400 IM and an extra time trial and a time trial that night, too. I didn't know what to expect. So he decided to switch around the relays. Okay. And I was originally on the A. Okay. But because I was feeling so tired and mm. and we we were con, I think, before the relay was point five points ahead of us. Oh. So we could not let them beat us in either one of the relays, the A or the B. Oh, okay. So he tried to put a faster leg in the B and maybe I see. Right. Try to strategically move around. Uh the legs to to beat Khan in he, both relays, and we did by a lot. He likes to tweak those relays at the last second. Yeah, he does, and he, <laughs> he spends so much time thinking about it and yeah. stressing over it. <laughs> it's sometimes funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we, we talked about this off-air. You're going to be swimming the 200 IM at um, NCAAs, but also two other events. Tell us about those. Yeah, so I talked to Peter yesterday um, about what events I could do. Uh, since I made it in the 200 IM, I can swim to other events, even though I, even if I don't have the cut. And I made the 200 IM, so I decided to do the 200 freestyle and the 200 f- butterfly. And I did the, the 200 IM, 400 IM, and 200 butterfly at Nezcax the past weekend. But he told, uh, Coach Peter told us to, told me that the 400 IM was perfect over the weekend. And if I train more, I I might just get tired and maybe add time at nationals. Uh, so I decided to do the two free and the two fly again. And those records are still up for grabs if you want to try uh, yep, to break that's, those. That's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. There you that's go. That's the goal. 
Awesome. Well, Andrew Hall, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Congrats again on a great weekend there at NESCAX. Thank you so much. It's time to preview three of our spring sports that get their season started this week. First up, the Bates men's lacrosse team heads to the Bay State to face Babson for their season opener on Wednesday. Faceoff is set for 4 p.m., and head coach Pierre Lasagna tells us what's in store for his young team. Well, Coach, it's interesting doing these spring sport previews because we haven't had a full season since these seniors were first year. So, I mean, you have more insight. You always will, of course, about your own team. But tell me a little bit about, you know, some guys you're really excited to finally see play a full season for us. Well, it's quite amazing that you start with that question, Aaron, because my first note to myself is seniors getting to have a full season for the first time since 2019. It's really I'm just so, I'm, I mean, I'm thrilled for everybody, myself included. Really, really nice for the current sophomores, who you have to remember also lost their senior season um, as high school seniors. Um, so have only played four games of college lacrosse and kind of work on down the line that way. Uh, everybody's really inexperienced. So, but yeah, for the, for the seniors to get to go out this way um, and leave their stamp on the program, um, and, and we've talked about it a lot, you know, their, their, our last full year as a lacrosse program was one of the best years we've had. And, um, you know, they were, they were an important, they were important parts of that. So I, I'm, I'm really excited. And you can see it, you can see it in from day one in the fall, Aaron, uh, and, and what a great fall for us to actually be able to be together on the field, um, and for us to be able to coach them, but, but for the leaders, start to be able to take over um, because it, look, we all talk about it as coaches. It sounds so darn cliched, but all of a sudden you're a senior and you're going in, in the best of times and you're going, wow, this is it. This is probably the last time I'm doing anything like this in my life. Um, but for this group with what they've been through the last couple of years, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, for sure. Normally, I would look at previous stats and say, okay, this is your leading returning scorer, but they you know, we played, what, four games, you know, just a few games uh, last year. So who can we expect to see trying to put the ball in the net a lot this season? <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to see, uh, I, I would say the two names that pop right to my head are two of those 2022 guys um, who have just been doing everything they do uh, off the field, you know, the, the, the coach Seltzer work. Um, all of it putting an extra time, including after practice yesterday. Um, senior captains, uh, Jack Lucerarian and Jackson Sell. Jack um, Lucerarian in the midfield, Jackson Sell on the attack. Jackson really started to emerge at the end of the year last year, had the best game of his career in our last game against Connecticut College, really took the game over um, and has just sort of kept on going in that trajectory. And Jack Lucerarian has always been you know, one of our fastest, uh, best stick, highest lacrosse IQ, um, always able to create great opportunities and just hasn't finished quite at the at the percentage that, that he would like. Um, and so he's put a lot of time into that, uh, is scoring the ball really well. Um, but, there, but there are a lot of people. I mean, we, we have a, a senior midfield right now of Max Kim, uh, who didn't play at all last year. Um, and Bobby Percival, who played very, very little last year, both both were injured, um, and Walter Braun, um, who has also been injured in the last couple of years. So uh, all three guys are healthy. All three guys are back. I put them together, you know, to see what a senior midfield looks like, and and they've been practicing at a at a really high level. But but they're they're we're going to be really interesting. It's not just going to be the senior class. Um, we're certainly going to take our lead from them, 
but I'm really excited about a bunch of young guys as well, uh, many of whom have played very little college lacrosse. Uh, so again, a really important year for us to have 14, 15 practices in the fall and be able to start on February 1st. Like, I, I couldn't imagine a more important time to be able to do that. Now, you got a scrimmage in the other day, right? We did. Well, we've, we've scrimmaged twice. So we scrimmaged uh, a really good alumni group, um, alumni from 2016 to 2021, uh, just profoundly moving quite honestly that that 21 or 22 got 22 i think in the end guys from literally all over the country matt lastava flew in from texas charlie Faye flew in from san diego kyle weber flew in from wherever he was um you know jack allard and his parents came back to campus uh for the first time since uh jack dealt with what he dealt with um so that was just amazing and in a perfect scenario both teams played pretty damn well we got off to a two-goal start. The alumni scored the next six. Um, I got to play everybody, including four goalies, and the alumni one by one, which means wow. they might be willing to come back again sometime. Um, <laughs> and that was really fun. Um, and then we played another college lacrosse team, uh, Colby, last Wednesday, and Colby took it to us. Colby took it to us. Hmm. Um, they were big, strong, fast really really slick handled the ball really well shot the ball great um you know they were better than us on that day and and that was good i mean again rather to get that wake up call uh on february 16th um than february 23rd so i think it was actually really good for us and, and i'm really impressed with the way that our guys have responded they responded with a number of our our best most competitive practices of the year well, yeah, I mean, you don't play Colby again till the very last regular season game. And so that gives them something to be like, hey, we need to improve, right? You know, over those next few months until we play them again. No, correct. And again, trying to find solace on a day when uh, you didn't play quite as well as you wanted to play. Um, that was exactly my message is, you know, it would have been wonderful to win this one, but we don't need to win this one. We need to win the last one. Certainly. And so um, we're, we're talking on Tuesday. You open tomorrow, right? So against Babson, at Babson, what can you tell us about the Beavers? Yeah, uh, you know, they were an NCAA playoff team last year. Um, they won their league. Uh, they're really well coached by Coach Batty and, and his staff. Um, and they beat us for the first time in the history of us playing each other the last time we played in 2020, a one-goal game. Uh, Might have been overtime. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's, we've played competitive games with them forever. Uh, you know, so it's not like that was an outlier. They've always been close. We had just been able to, to, to get one or two more than them. Um, but they're really, they're, they're very good, very competitive. I think they have either seven or eight, uh, transfers, including some division one people, um, on their team. So they opened with a, a pretty resounding win over Roger Williams um, they're really strong, really strong at, at, at every phase, big and strong on, on defense, athletic in the midfield. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be a challenge. It's going to be a great test for us. Obviously, we all talk about face-offs and how key those are, winning the face-offs. Uh, you have a number of face-off specialists. Uh, who's kind of uh, merged, if anyone, so far, I guess? Uh, Jackson Williams, uh, okay. a junior. Um, actually, the, the, the brightest light of our Colby scrimmage was Jackson. Um, Colby's got a great, uh, group of face-off people. Um, their assistant coach, Casey Dowd is a PLL face-off professional face-off guy. And, uh, one of the best face-off teachers in the country. Um, so no surprise, they're really good at that. And 
uh, their, their primary guy who really did well against us last year is their primary guy again this year as a sophomore, I believe. And Jackson, Jackson Williams got the better of that matchup decisively. So that was obviously, a, that's a beautiful thing to see. And man, if we see that again tomorrow, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be a happy old man. Yeah. Pretty good for a guy who played in like four games in two years. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and he's not the only one. He's just, he's got it going right now, but yeah. to your point, that that's part of what's fun for us. You know, Peter Ackley is another guy, just incredibly athletic, big, strong, fast person, but again, who's been banged up the last couple of years. And so Peter's pretty healthy um, and doing a really nice job. Ben Feintuck, our new assistant also is doing a really, really good job with the face-off people schematically um, and their individual techniques, but what the wing, what the wing play is about as well. He's doing a really outstanding job with that. And so, and we've got a couple first year uh, people, uh, Cooper Lance uh, has, has done a nice job. A couple of polls, Ben Miller and Eli Sherbakov, who's a sophomore, Ben's a freshman. So we're going to throw a lot of different people at you, but you know, you've seen this game enough. If one guy's really got it going on and can win, you know, 55% plus you just keep riding that guy as, as, as hard as you can, but it's nice to have change-ups as well. Certainly. You mentioned getting to play all four goalies um, against the alumni and whatnot. Um, have, have any of the goalies, but I remember Spencer Wood. I thought he played pretty well when he got a chance last year. Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, th they've all practiced all four of them, um, with, uh, KP co the, the, the senior, um, the only lefty goalie that we have, um, down to our, our first year, Luke Heafy, they've all been practicing well, but Spencer Wood has probably been the most consistent. Um, and, and then Garrett Fitzsimons, um, who's also gotten time, for us. So I think we're in a really good place there. Uh, the four of them also really support each other well. And so, you know, again, like, like with the face-off person, you love to have one guy who is just clearly uh, dominant. Um, but it's also nice to know with, with our strength of schedule, which is just absurd. Um, it's nice to know that you've, you've got some other answers as well. If, if somebody's not having a great day, any first years who have emerged, we're going to get some run early in this season. Uh, yes, a few, I, I would say. And again, so fun to be able to actually coach them in the fall yeah. uh, and not see them for the first time in, in February. Uh, it really, really helps. NESCAC presidents, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ben Miller, I, I would say Ben Miller and, and Denzel Evans. Ben Miller is a, is a long pole um, who played extra man offense for his high school team and scored big goals for them uh, late in playoff games uh, in New York State. Um, he had a really, really good fall and has had a great preseason for us. Um, and I would say Denzel Evans, who is a, just a, a lightning fast uh, offensive player who has played, can play both attack and midfield for us. I think he's a really, really tough matchup wherever we put him. I would say those are the two um, that have stood out the most, but, but there are a number of people that, that are going are gonna to get time for us. And, and, uh, and the sophomore classes you know, again, they showed us in, in their very brief first season, uh, they, they showed us some great things, especially in that last game against Con, Con College. And both, both a bunch of those guys um, are really driven, are going to do really good things for us as well. I, I, Will Masterson on the attack, um, left-handed from, from York, Maine, uh, has had a, is doing a really, really good job. Jake Johnson, um, there's just a bunch of them. Uh, I mean, I, I could go down the whole list of, yeah. of that class, I would say. Those guys are all going to help. I mean, it's a huge roster. It, it always is, right? I mean, how do you, as a coach, adjust to that through the years, you know, dealing with that big roster each season? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, Aaron. I mean, obviously, it's a good problem to have in that 
it means a lot of people are excited about their experience and they want to stay with it for four years, which is, which is what you want. Um, but there is a change when you go from either the fall or the preseason where I'm literally getting everybody equal time as often as I possibly can to, okay, we've got a, we've got a game on Wednesday um, and we've got to do game preparation. And so that means I've got to shrink the bench because I've got to get these specific people on offense and defense and in all the different phases, as many reps as I can possibly get them. And, and truthfully, that's when you really find out about the character and the culture of your team. You know, we, we recruit and coach really competitive people. Every person wants to be starting. And that's the only way that you're good at this level. Um, but you find out about your culture, you find out about your character when people realize, okay, that person is ahead of me right now. I need to keep striving, but now I've got to be a great teammate and, and just bring it in practice every day. Um, and and that, that's really what this week has been about for us. Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about the upcoming season we haven't gotten to talk about yet? Well, I'm just, like I said, how we started it, Aaron, I'm just so gratified, so excited um, that we get to get on a bus and go sleep in a hotel, as funny as that sounds. Um, that's a really important part of the experience. And, and that is where, that's a lot of where these young men get to know each other the best, um, is sharing that time together. And, and these are times that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. And so just to, to be at the start of one of those, it, it feels like 10 years. Like it honestly feels like 10 years since we've been able to do this. And so I'm really grateful uh, for the experience. I, I have learned gratitude in a way that, that maybe I, I, I should have learned pre-COVID. Uh, but, but COVID has been a great gratitude teacher, I believe. And so uh, the last thing I would just say is that we have crafted the most competitive schedule uh, we've ever had. So you already, you put us in the most competitive, deepest league in all of lacrosse, not just division three lacrosse in all of lacrosse in terms of quality, top to bottom. Um, and then you play Babson and Western New England and RIT and uh, York uh, and the other people that we play. It's just, um, you know, we're young, we're inexperienced boy, are these young men going to grow up fast. And that's going to be really, really fun to, to be a part of. All right, Peter Lasagna, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Take care. The baseball team is in Florida this week, and the Bobcats open their 2022 campaign Friday morning at 11 o'clock against Northern Vermont Linden. Head coach John Martin gives us a preview of his squad. Previewing the Bates baseball season here on the Bobcats with head coach John Martin. And, John, first of all, you guys are down there in Florida for three games here this week. Joining us here via Zoom. Uh, tell me a little about what you hope to see from your team over the course of those, you know, these first three games to start the year here. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. So I think um, this trip's going to be an interesting trip. I think there's a lot of things that uh, we want to see out of our team. And I think that the guys are excited. I know they want to get back on the field. I mean, it's been basically two years since we've had a, a normal season. And, uh, you know, over time, I mean, that keeps going and expanding. Like that that takes its toll on, uh, on experience and, um, you know, keeping your competitive edge and, and things like that. So I think that coming down here, the first three days, we're going to get out on the field and practice and, uh, and let the ball fly a little bit and, and get in the sun and just get our spikes dirty and get used to being outside. And then the three games, I mean, you know, we're, we're always going to play to win. We're always going to put a, a competitive, our most competitive product on the field every time we take it. But you know, we, we've got to experiment a little bit too. And we got to try some guys in some spots and, and mix up some lineups a little bit and um, get some pitchers, some innings and, and spread those out a little bit. So 
Um, it'll, it's going to be a great trip. The, the weather's great. The fields are nice. Uh, it just feels good to, to see green grass and palm trees in the sun uh, for a few days. So um, I'm excited. I know the guys are excited. They were, they were pumped up. They've been working really hard and, and getting in the weight room and, and getting extra swings in and, and uh, doing what they have to do to get ready to come down here. So um, we're ready to go. It's, it's going to be a great trip. Great. And then do you guys have captains or is that to be determined? We do. Um, our captains this year are two seniors, Kevin Lucy and Braden Caress. Um, they have both uh, stepped up as leaders. Um, they are, uh, uh, you know, definitely ready to, to take this team and, and, uh, and take us as far as we can go this year. Um, you know, I'm excited for them. I, I know that our, I'm going to rely on them a lot. So are, so are the rest of the guys. And uh, there's no doubt that, that they have the leadership abilities to, to help push us forward a little bit. And then, um, you know, pitching wise, who are some of the guys we should watch out for who are competing for spots in the rotation right now? Sure. Um, well, the rotation is definitely not set. I mean, I, you know, we're, once again, we're going to, to start off, we're going to set uh, some guys out there and then, and then give them probably a pretty short leash to start the season. You know, we're not trying to stretch anybody out too far. Um, I think some guys you could see Grant Juliano, um, senior, he's been around for a while and, and, uh, he's, he's improved over his years. He's much more physical. He's got more zip on his fastball. His slider looks good. Um, throwing strikes. Um, Grant does a, does a good job of preparing and getting ready to pitch. Um, another guy, junior Teddy Nelson, who hasn't thrown much at all. Uh, he's a junior and, and he's inexperienced as far as, you know, being a junior goes, but he's got great stuff, good velocity, uh, big guy. Him and Grant are both, both big boys. I mean, they're both six, six and, um, you know, Teddy's, uh, he pitched last summer in the Valley league in Virginia, which is really good baseball and, and did well. So we're looking for him, uh, to kind of get it going here for us as a junior. And then first year, Micah Sheets, who's really been impressive and he's done a good job. He's a left-hander from Colorado. Um, definitely has kind of that West Coast kind of vibe to him when he pitches, very calm and, um, you know, collective when he's out there on the mound. And he's got great stuff. His fastball's got natural sync to it. Um, he's got a good breaking ball. Uh, he's poised. He's got got a little velo at the, at the tail end of it. I mean, I think he's... He's got a big upside to him. I mean, some other guys you'll see. Jared Pantaloni's back. Um, he had Tommy John surgery. He's he missed a uh, missed all of last year with his surgery, and it was a good time for him to miss it. To be honest with you, um, so he's back. He's been throwing the ball really well. Um, sophomore Luke Linehan um, has looked really good. Strike thrower. He's got a variety of pitches he can locate in the strike zone. Changes speeds well. Um, athletic on the mound. Has a has a really good baseball IQ. I'd say. Um, so I think those are just a handful of guys that, uh, that we expect to throw out there early and, and see what they can do. You mentioned the short leash and for pitchers, this is particularly kind of an interesting year because besides the seniors, no one on this roster has had a full season, which is something you have to be mindful of. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely something that I think, you know, we'll be mindful of it, but I think it'll come back quick to the guys. Once we get going, we we've just got to get in a normal routine. I mean, last year we played what eight games and we had a two and a half week, just like hiatus in the middle right. of it. I mean, you're just, you can't get it going. That's not baseball. That's not how you do it. So I think once we get moving here and, and we get in a routine and, and we're playing on our weekly schedule, I think, I think it'll come back fast and, and we'll pick it up and get running.
Um, in terms of the position players, I know it, everyone's going to be competing for spots, but are there, I mean, you mentioned Kevin Lucy, obviously one of the captains, but is there, uh, there are any folks you're expecting really to, you know, step up and have a regular role uh, from the top? Um, yeah, I think so. I think we've got a lot of depth and I think we've got a lot of competition for spots. Um, I wouldn't say that there's very many, if any, that are just, you know, deadlocked that this is our guy the entire time. I think everybody here is going to have a little pressure early on to compete and do a good job. Um, I'd say, you know, Lucy has, uh, has kind of fallen into the shortstop role. And I think that he can, he plays a good shortstop. He's, He's heads up. He knows how to play the position. Um, he's athletic, obviously. He's got a good clock on him. Um, I, I think he can he can do it well. But you know, he knows, and 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 everybody knows that they've they've got to they've got to go out and produce, right? And it's it's consistency that's going to win you that spot every day. So um, Henry Jameson again is another one that um, you know has been on the left side at third base. Um, you know, our first baseman, I mean, we've got Brian Gotti, who's back. We've got uh, Alex Ross, who's back. Um, I'd say, you know, one guy that, that I'd like to see as, as an everyday guy in the outfield um, is Tyler Atal, who's, um, I mean, physically, he's really developed. He's played good summer ball the last couple of years, and um, he's made a big jump. So I'd like to see him, him do his thing out there this year. So um, we've got a lot of guys, Antonio Gerano. Another senior that that I mean I can put him in a lot of different places and he doesn't care he just wants to strap it on and go play so I you know I I, I love his attitude and and what he brings to the field every day so um, you know we we've got a lot of guys and a lot of depth and a lot of options so we have a big roster and 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 that's a good thing um, everybody will have a role everybody will contribute and um, whether they're on their field or not and that's that's what makes a team you know successful is you know even even the guy that's in the bullpen that's catching even the guy that warms up the right fielder every day you know those, those are important jobs and if we everybody does their job well we'll be just fine awesome well any other thoughts you want to share about the upcoming season we haven't got to talk about yet um, no, I, I think that uh, all of our fans I think they'll see a uh, you know a, a good a good product I think they'll see, a, uh, a team that uh, is hungry to get back on the field. I think they'll see guys that, you know, they want to go about their business the right way. They want to, uh, they want to make sure that, that they're representing Bates in a, in a positive way. Um, you know, I, I, I'm excited. I, I've missed this, you know, I've missed um, having the opportunity to, uh, to go out and, and put a team together and, and, and work at this with, with a group of guys that, that share the same passion I do. And um it's been it's been a challenge, but I I'm knock on wood. I think we're we're on the other side of this thing, and and I think that um, you know once we get moving again, I think that that the you'll see a, a team that competes and and they want to go out and 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 give it their best shot every day and and try to win an SCAC championship this year. Really, that's that's it. So we're hoping that the weather you know holds up by the time we get back to Maine, and um, you know we can get out on Leahy pretty soon. But you know when we left, it was not ready yet, but I think, uh, you know, we're going to forget about that for a few days down here and, and get some sunshine and, and play good baseball. The women's lacrosse team headed west for their vacation week games. And on Saturday, the Bobcats take on the University of Chicago in the Windy City, with the opening draw set for noon for fans in the Eastern time zone. Head coach Renee Olson is in her first year at the helm of the program, and she gives us an early look at the Bobcats. Renee Olson with us here on the Bobcast, talking women's lacrosse. The season's here this weekend. They open at the University of Chicago, and 
Renee, first of all, this is your first year at the helm of the Bobcat program. How has the transition gone so far? What have the practices been like? Uh, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been really fun. I think we're we're getting better every day and we're putting in a lot of hard work. So really can't ask for for more from, from the athletes right now. And tell us about your captains, because I know you have two of them, right? Yes, uh, Anna Riemann and Dana Swartz. So two seniors, uh, defender and attacker. So nice to have one on both ends of the field. But I mean, they've been in my office just about every other day, you know, going over everything, um, you know, whether that's practice and, you know, what we're packing on trips. But, you know, they've done a really good job of really leading this team and creating a, a culture of a family. Great. And then, um, you know, Looking at this roster, obviously, uh, we had a short year last year, um, you know, a short year the year before. So not, I mean, not a ton of experience just by the nature of what we've been going through here. What are you looking to see from the team early in the season to, to develop that experience? Yeah, we had a scrimmage yesterday, actually. So we saw a little bit of that, um, you know, some some early on mistakes. But I think, again, they're doing such a good job of kind of feeling it out, getting back to that play. Um and really just playing together. I think that's the biggest thing that they're doing a really good job of right now. I think, you know, that lack of experience, a lot of people are feeling that. So I think that, um, you know, we're on a, a really good note right now, um, just with all of that. And I know um, a number of seniors graduate from last year's team. I think your leading returning score from last year is Jordan Tavetter. Uh, she's a senior. Uh, what have you seen from her so far? She's gritty. Um, I would say, you know, she works really hard in everything that she does. Um, so I'm really excited to see what she can do this year for her senior year. I think she's she's ready to go. Chicago. So a trip to the Midwest. Um, it'll probably still be kind of cold. But uh, <laughs> tell us, what are you most looking forward to see? Uh, you mentioned you had a scrimmage the other day. We have another scrimmage coming up this week, right? Yep. So we're scrimmaging North Central um, in Chicago, and then we're playing University of Chicago. So it's nice to get another game under our belt before we get that actual first game in um, to get a really good sense of the new rules. We have quarters this year, which is a little bit different. So I think we're getting used to kind of the game flow, but um, super excited. Chicago is ranked 25 right now. So it'll be a really good test for us to see how we can play against an opponent that's, you know, really highlight, highly ranked that's not an ESCAC team. Your background, you were at Division One school uh, the last couple of years, but you, you're a NESCAC person, right? You, you played in the NESCAC, if I'm not mistaken, there at Trinity oh, yeah. College. Yeah. So what do you take from your experience as a player to, to relay to the team in terms of what they can expect in NESCAC competition because many of them haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I think a lot of them were really excited for this past weekend because we actually scrimmaged Bowdoin and Colby. So they got a little bit of a NESCAC taste, um, but they are excited for, um, you know, that physical play, that really, you know, battle on the field every day. And I think what we talked about as a team is really going into at each game with a champion championship mindset um and that's something that i think is going to be a big point of emphasis for this year it's really just going into every single game knowing that we have the ability to win um you know we're, we're going to put in everything we have and leave all of it out there on the field so we're really excited to see how we can match up against some of these nescac teams i know sometimes coaches are hesitant to call individual players but are there some players who have maybe stood out early on in these scrimmages who we expect to see make a big impact uh, right away I would say one of our juniors or two of our juniors have been kind of really stepping up. Um, I would say 
in the midfield. Um, and that's been pretty noticeable so far. Chloe Robinson, she's, uh, you know, doing some good things on the draw. And then um, Ava Lee, she's kind of taken a bit of a ball handler role um, in the midfield. You know, you, you mentioned the scrimmages against Bowden and Colby. What were some takeaways you had in terms of like just what impressed you and what maybe the team is still kind of working on here at heading into the regular season? Yeah, our first scrimmage was against Bowdoin. So we came out firing. And I think that was one of the coolest things to see. Um, you know, just coming out with that intensity, that 110% effort right from that first whistle um, was really, really exciting to see. I think we're also really trying to play as a team and not just individually based. So I think that was another great thing that was awesome, um, really just seeing them play together. Terrific. And how's this team like in terms of a group, like group dynamics, sort of what, what, what do they kind of bring to the table? What kind of uh, team can we expect to see out there on the field this year? I would say, I mean, we've got a lot of different personalities, so it's hard to kind of put one to the whole team. But um, I mean, I would definitely say that, you know, we're a very supportive group and, and you'll see that on the field. Um, you know, they're picking each other up. They're they're working hard to get the ball back if someone else makes a mistake. It's no, you know, it's not just an individual thing. It's it's a really together thing. You touched on the strong midfielders. I remember Chloe Robinson from two years ago uh, was off to a really good start. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and our season got shut down. She was remote last year, so she wasn't on the team last year, but she's back. And so when a player has been away for a year, you know, what are some things they had to do to like, you know, be ready, you know, to come back and, and play. Right. Cause it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, honestly, she kind of jumped right in. Um, you know, she was a little nervous, but I think the thing that, that most, uh, that all of our, our players are doing right now is they're just going for it. And I think that's the only thing that I can expect out of them after not playing for a couple of years, I would say our first years too, they've had a, a bit of a interesting transition. You know, they didn't have really their junior season. They maybe had a, a abbreviated senior season um, and now they're jumping into college. So I think they're doing a really good job too, of, of keeping that composure, you know, as first years jumping into the college game. So it, it's really awesome to see, you know, those juniors coming back from abroad and then also those first years. And we have a sophomore on the team, uh, Emma Austin, who I believe had got some national team exposure uh, for her home country, basically. Tell us about her. Yeah, Emma. So right now we have her in the midfield spot, but we put her on offense uh, for our first scrimmages yesterday. So we saw her do some good things and we're excited to see her kind of in that role a little bit. Um, but yeah, Team Ireland, really excited playing with some really great players. So she's going to get some really great experience there as well. Anna Riemann, one of our captains, was named to Team Puerto Rico as well. So... We've got two people on some national teams, which is really exciting. Um, hopefully they'll be able to play each other this summer uh, for the world championships. So has Emma gone to play with the team yet for Ireland or is that later on? She went over, I believe in October to go for the tryouts. So she didn't play with the set team yet, but this summer she'll play with that team, I think in July or late June. Well, I guess any other thoughts you wanted to share about the team uh, that we can expect to see that you wanted to mention we haven't got to talk about yet? Um, I think you'll, you'll see a lot of new faces and I think that's really exciting. We've got definitely a really deep bench and I think that's just a, a, a great kind of thing to have, um, as just definitely a first year head coach. And I think, you know, we've got a lot of trust in our teammates right now too. So I think they're really excited. I'm really excited. We're just really excited for that first game on Saturday. All right, Renee Olson, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. 
In other Bates Athletics news last week, the men's basketball team fell at Trendy in the NESCAC playoffs to wrap up its season. First year, Jameer Primer continued to impress, tallying a team-high 15 points in the game. The men's squash team won one out of three matches at the College Squash Association Nationals, ending the trip on a high note with a win over Dickinson. The track and field teams tuned up for the New England Division III championships at the Bowdoin Invitational, and the Alpine and Norwich skiing teams combined for eight out of 14 schools at the Middlebury Carnival. We'll catch up with skiing and track and field after their big events this upcoming weekend, as both are headed to regional championships. Go to GoBatesBobcats.com or the Bates Bobcats mobile app for each team's complete schedule. And we'll continue to recap it all every Tuesday on the Bates Bobcast.